Present. Whatever. Ta-da! It, it came out twice. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very. Uh, oh, did it? Yeah. This thing's very clunky. This Ustream thing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. My guest this week, the lovely and talented Mr. Doug Benson. Hey, everybody. Doug Benson, everybody. Hey. Before we get started, we have to mention that this show is being sponsored by The Fleshlight. Doug Benson, have you ever fucked one of these things? I have not. I heard you and Dane Cook talking about it last week. They're awesome, man. It's really like, takes masturbation to a whole new level. It seems, you know, it's a very embarrassing thing to purchase. It seems like... Has that, has that one been used, or no, is no, that no, just no, for... I would never do that to you. Is that just the... Um, jokes. Recently. Well, not that you would, you know, necessarily mess it up just by holding it or whatever, no, right? Because well, you don't have to touch anything. I mean, no one's fucked it. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't give you one that someone's fucked. That's good, yeah, yeah. That's wrong, right? <laughs> have you, have you ever fucked a non-fleshlight one? No. Like, I just fucked one the other day. Completely <laughs> different. It fucks... It, it doesn't feel anything like... Better okay. or worse? Oh, way worse. Way worse. Way worse. Yeah, somebody else told me that. I think it was Heffron said that he fucked a... Uh, a knockoff, fa- a fake flashlight. You said it wasn't very good. Yeah, but these are outstanding. They put like a lot of be, research. It into seems it. like it'd be awesome, but now I totally get what you were saying last week about how it just doesn't. It just doesn't feel right in terms of you feel bad about yourself. It's embarrassing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, that's why it's people so heavy. Yeah. that's one thing. Like I guess you'd get a little bit of a. I've had other a light people, arm workout, but I've had other here, people, take it back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brian, turn my volume up. I've had other people. Um, um, uh, talk to me about this thing, and it's a, it's an embarrassing thing. They're like, why would you, you know, want to be uh, represented by this rubber vagina? Like, it keeps coming up. It came up with like another person that was thinking about sponsoring the show. They don't want to be connected with the flashlight. Really, that's yeah. so weird to me. It's childish. It really, it's childish. But now you just get that that company and flashlight to outbid each other until you, yeah, you, use you would one have or the to other. do something like that. But then you would never know. I mean, you know, then you show no loyalty to something that you actually believe. If you don't believe there's anything wrong with fucking this thing, and you want to pretend... It's like one of those things where people don't want to talk about sexual things because somehow or another talking about sexual things is un- makes people uncomfortable, it, it's creepy, you know, but it's a, a natural part of life. And like most rational people at a certain point in time just kind of accept that. And then you can joke about it and go, hey, I fucked this rubber pussy. Ha ha, is it good? Yeah, it's great, you should try it. And then everything's good. But for some people, it never gets to that place. Never yeah, gets to that Yeah, well, I think, it's, it's, I think it depends on how comfortable you are with like other men, like, they, like who you kind of came up with and if you all talk to each other that way or not. You know, like I had a lot of fairly prudish friends. Like we'd say dirty things, but we wouldn't admit to any of our own personal uh, activities. The way that I've seen other groups of friends do it, you know, like you, you see these packs of people that all just have a different code about, you know, whether they fucked a prostitute or not is going to come up in one group, but it's not going to come up in another. Totally. That's so important. So important. Hanging around with the dudes who are going to tell you everything. That's so huge. Embarrassing, ridiculous, retarded, all of it. I want to hear it. Come on. Give me all the dirt. Well, that's you must get some good stuff from uh, everyone I know. From <laughs> yeah, but also like there's that's like really kind of almost a code of stand up these days is yeah. to just be super honest and and it ends up just to be original. You kind of have to talk about some stuff that's that's yeah. pretty brutal and out there, you know. Yeah, you can't really do. I mean, it's almost like the the Jerry Seinfeld route has been said so many times and gone down so many roads. It's like I don't see anything there. It's like if you want to do stand up today. It's like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, as Jerry Seinfeld, you know, that style is hilarious at it. But I don't want to see a new one of those. Well, also, he sort of he sort of turned it into another thing. Like, he made it popular. It's more fun now to watch actors on a show like The Office recreating awkward situations that right, happen every right. day than it is your one guy just describing it. 
Yeah, you totally. know, he's yeah. the Seinfeld show just sort of brought to life his comedy, and that made him a, a funnier guy to me because prior to that, he was a pack of part of a pack of guys that all just did clean cut observational yeah. humor, uh, and I love them all. I thought they were really funny, like guys like him and uh, Larry Miller and. And, you know, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I was a but, big fan of The Evening at the Improv. Yeah, yeah. And those guys were on those things all the time. I, I totally grew up on watching that stuff, but then immediately embraced stuff that's more, you know, like you can, you don't have to just observe things. You can yeah, experience some, them. Yeah, I want to hear, like, a really... A, Tell me what you did, not dangerous. what everybody does. Yeah, I want to hear a dangerous thought to admit. I want to hear... You know, I want to hear some some truth that we can all agree with. I want to hear something fucked up, too. I don't, I don't want to hear the regular shit. I get bored with it. I'm tired of it. I want to hear something, you know? I like look forward to Joey Diaz's sets more than anybody. I like it's, strong joke writing, though. I do, you too. Know, I do, like, too. That, that can get me through. Yeah. But, but you're right. It's like, it, as soon as it starts to be too much about... Like, the best is both, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I love... Anyone who's a great joke writer and a good performer, that's that's unbeatable. That's like uh, Louis C.K. Yeah, but you're right about Seinfeld. Like he was, uh, he was he's such a, a brilliant joke writer and deliverer, like in his style. And then to have that show, and then you, you really see where you know Kirby enthusiasm. Really got to see where Larry David had a big hand in it too. Because once I started started seeing that show, I was like, oh, okay, this guy is like the king of creating like really awkward situations that like literally you watch like some of his shows and you find yourself contorting because you're like, what are you fucking saying? You know, it's so good. It's he does such a good job of weaving that web. You know, he's one of my masters. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, and it takes it up a notch, too, that it's like on HBO, so yeah. that the language Fuck. in those situations can be, like, that's part of it, is he often says, you know, he often says some, he swears inappropriately in front of people sometimes. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, and subject You can't matter. do that shit on uh, Seinfeld, because it had to be all TV appropriate. You remember when there was the water bottle in his pants, and there was a little girl, and, you know, there was, like, some implication, like, people thought that he had a hard-on, because the little girl was there. I forget how he set it up, but I was like... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you if you listed everything else. that he was guilty of in the, in the seven <laughs> seasons of that show, he's done some pretty horrible things. What you know, like he does show. the worst thing in every situation. You know, like I forget what he did to some Holocaust survivors, but it was, I'm sure it was awful. <laughs> Shows like that are so important. Show you that there's like another level out there. You know, like I think that's important for stand ups too. Don't you think like it's, it's good sometimes to watch somebody else? You know, and somebody really good, you know, watch like a, a Bill Cosby in his prime or something like that just to really get inspired or get, you know, just really kick it up to another another gear. Yeah, it's always good to I, – I think that's a huge part of – I hate to give advice to people starting out, but one of the things I say to them if they insist on having some is watch as much stand-up comedy as you can. And unfortunately, we get kind of tired of watching it as after we've done it for years and years. But it's still important to to kind of check into it every once in a while because it just ups your game when you know what what everybody else is doing. Yeah, it inspires. You know, it does something to you. It makes you excited about performing. You know, I'm most excited about writing after I see like you know I'll see Chappelle perform, and I go fuck. I just want to go write. You know, it just makes me want to create new shit. You know. Well, that's the other great thing about being a stand-up is when you have that impulse, you could just come up with one great joke and be satisfied. Yeah. Like, I hate it when I see a great <laughs> movie and I'm driving home like, I'm going to write a goddamn screenplay. And that, that's just too big of a task to really <laughs> commit to in that moment of excitement. 
you know, so but, but writing a joke, you know, yeah. when you're excited about yeah. writing jokes and you write a good one, it's like, okay, yeah. I did that. You it's know? like 10, 20 minutes work and then you're in. And sometimes they come in full form. You know, oh. they'll just come to you out of the air. It's like a little gift. It's just amazing. Cr- you were talking about that with Dane Cook about so how when awesome. you say something on st- – when the crowd is so great, the, the, the next sentence after the joke is probably going to get a laugh anyway. But when it gets a huge laugh, then you've suddenly got a new end of the joke. Yeah, it's, it's out of really nowhere. Cool. Uh, right out of the ether. Yeah, I mean, know? that's how most of my – I you know, I do most of my writing uh, on stage just in the sense that – uh, you know, sometimes I'll have a joke that's worked out, you know, perfectly beginning, middle and end. But for the most part, it's more like this is sort of something I want to try to address and then just see where it goes and have, yeah. a, have, a, have a good joke ready to go right after it if it ends up yeah. not, not ending up getting anywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. I do. I do both. How high do you get before you go on stage? Um, well, now people think I'm high whether I'm high <laughs> or I'm not. Like they just accuse me of it regardless. So, you know, it. it I can be as high as I want to be, which is just, you know, it's just all comes down to timing. You know, if you have to race from the airport, if you have to race from the airport to the gig, you might not be very high. But if you're, <laughs> if you're chilling that day, you know, and you got a show at eight o'clock and not much to do in the afternoon other than, you know, work on your computer and interviews and stuff like that. Like I get really high for interviews now, like phoners. Yeah, me too. I love that. I, I love, love just that being too. super baked. Cause then when they do throw to you, you, you will talk until they, until they stop you, yeah. and sometimes they, sometimes they don't jump in, so you can really get a lot of stuff in. You I know, know. I, I find myself like almost like feeling bad for what I'm subjecting the interviewer to sometimes because it'll start on some like really innocent question, and I'll just start going on about you know the what is the cause of humanity? What are we here for? Like this is totally nothing to do with anything we're talking about. But in my mind, what I'm talk, thinking about is you know the whole vision of the world and where it's headed, and you know it might have been a really simple question. Yeah, and they need you to wrap it up so they could play some more Kesha. Yeah, and I'm just super baked going on about the <laughs> universe. It's like it's all coming to me in these big waves. And I just need to get it out. You know, it is fun to get high and, and then write. You know, or or sometimes have you ever done this? Have you ever gotten high and then went, "Oh crap!" Now I'm starting to have ideas and I'm not in the mood to. Like, <laughs> like I'm not ready to write down ideas right now. I wanted to just get high and watch TV, That's so but now fun. I've got to now I've actually got to go to work for a little bit because the ideas are too good to ignore. I got way too high the other day and went on stage. I went to the uh, I was at the John Lovitz Comedy Club. So you think this dude? I think <laughs> just, I think that's. What I was on is. a plane with Lovitz the other day. Yeah, yeah. I got in his eye line a couple times to see if he knew who I was, and he had he had no idea. <laughs> But if he was like, "Holy shit, you're Doug Benson," would that give you a semi? Uh, well, no, I wouldn't want. I, I well, I we'll I did grow up charge. on Lovitz. I mean, I did, he has been in a lot of great things, and and he and I th- I've always thought he was a funny guy, but um, he's he was you know so sad sack acting that it would be hard to be excited about. He's it. a nice guy. He's a yeah, real nice guy. But he, he was just whole... kind of like traveling by himself. You know how that is. Yeah. You're just like humping through the airport, like you know, just want to get it over with. Just don't want too many people to. You know, I'm sure like he must have gone through a period of time where there's some catchphrases that people would yell at him or they'd, yeah. yell at, they'd say you're that's a liar the all the time. Wasn't yeah, that's, that's the, ticket. the ticket guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He must yeah. he must have used to got that a lot. Ugh. But now I'm sure he doesn't get it so much. But why don't you use technology to help with your ideas, though? Because I know that you uh, instead of writing it down, just like talk, make a movie, do an audio, because that's right there. in your Well, I'm pocket. starting to get there. Like I finally got the the most recent iPhone. And oh, you did? I, I made the first video that I ever like uh, uploaded on the Internet where I just filmed myself doing something and then and then sent it out there. 
And uh, I, I'm definitely going to do more of that. It's, you should. It's, it's a smart it's way to go. It's super fast. It's super fast. It's super smart and fast, and it's, you know, the pe- people love content. They want you yeah. to keep doing stuff. But what were you saying about being at the Lovitz Club, comedy club? Oh, I got way too baked. Uh, this guy gave me a cookie in between the stage. Joey, D- there were like these little, um, what are those little long banana-shaped things called? You know what I'm talking about? Biscotti. Yeah. Oh. Biscotti. <laughs> a, not really banana, but that's the closest thing. <laughs> that's I, a yeah, hard clue. Now that, I, now that I know what it is, now that I know it's biscotti, I can see the banana. How do you describe that shape? Uh, a hard shape. cookie Hard coffee canoe. Coffee cookie. That's the best one. A cookie canoe. Cookie canoe. This guy, I didn't even eat a quarter of one, man. I didn't eat. He goes, they're really strong. Okay. Just I took a bite. One bite. 45 minutes later, I was on stage, and I was aboard an alien spacecraft while I was talking to these people. I mean, I was barely there. Barely there enough to communicate. I was so high. There's no way I should have been talking in public. That's a surreal space when you're on stage <sighs> there, too, because of the way they have that those those balconies. Yeah, yeah. three floors. Like in yeah. there, and the balconies are rather close to you, but yeah. just up high. Very shallow, but very yeah. high. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of exciting, but also... Uh, it's different than what we're used to. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it was a fun club. You it know what's fun. weird about that club is how the bars open, and so halfway through the show, you're just hearing clinking and clunking, yeah. and people. Well, that getting... happens at a lot of yeah. places. Yeah, but they put a curtain right. They up could, there. but you know what? It ain't that bad. It like San Francisco bad. Punchline doesn't have a curtain, yeah, yeah, and true. that works and out that, okay. Yeah, that's far. Somehow it adds to the ambiance, though. But all that's that noise. Yeah. As long as people aren't douchey, it doesn't matter. But you are right; it does give an opportunity for things to get annoying. Yeah. Anytime you have a bar where people can stand and order a drink, you're fucked. Or divert attention yeah, to, from the crowd. Or they can't the do stage. it quick, quietly because they're people, drunk. Yeah, people start hitting on people and talking. The last show I did, like where it was a standing room show, me and Joey did this show in Memphis. And it was like this last-minute booking, and it was a, um, a rock club. And so we're like, all right, yeah, they have bands there. Fuck it. Well, you know, I'm sure it'll be set up fine. And the guy's like, he wants to do standing room. I, I usually don't. I said, okay. Fine, fuck it. The whole half the room was standing. Half the room was seated and it was really strange. It was like you're standing on straight stage and to your right, everyone's seated. And to your left is a bar. So literally, like everything to your left is like there's like two hundred people just standing and talking. Yeah, of course. It's like you're doing stand up in a bar and bear they're barely paying attention to Yeah, they're acting like a band is on stage. Yeah. I used to do that at the House of Blues too, but now um after uh, we went to see Stanhope and we had a stand. And uh, it was horrible. It was like after an hour, like your fucking back hurts, your neck starts to kink up. And so I said, I'm not going to subject anybody to this anymore. Yeah. No, so, it, it is. Uh, I feel bad for people when they're standing during the show. Do you ever say no that you won't do those shows? and just? I haven't, uh, I haven't really gotten to that position where, like, you know, if that's an option and that's going to get more bodies in the venue, you know. It gets then, less bodies in the venue. You lose money. But it's, to me, it's better. Oh, to let them sit, you mean? To let them sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. So I, I'm not as big a, I'm not such a draw that they're like coming to me begging me to let everybody stand. Right. You know, I've been on comedians of comedy tours with with Pat Oswalt where everybody's standing, and it's a, it's amazing how much they'll put up with. Like David Cross mm. does standing shows all the time, and his shows go on forever, and he has bands come out, and that crowd is is okay with it but i don't think my crowd i think stoners would rather sit down i mean i think they're <laughs> they're fine and okay with it i would i mean if there was an only an opportunity to go see a great comic you know someone you know even if I wasn't even doing stand-up, it was Chappelle or someone like that, I would stand. I'd stand for two hours. I mean, how often does this guy come to town? Once a year? 
Shit, I can stand for two hours for once a year, but it's not the best feeling. The best way yeah, is to sit down and chill. You sit down and chill, and then you can really enjoy the jokes. When you're sitting down and relaxing, everything's more fun. It's, What's it's the easier. worst is when they have couches in a comedy club. Yeah. Like, oh, here's the VIP seats. And it's Ooh. like a couch in the back where they not only can get loud, but they also, you know, just they're lounging around. Right. It's not the right... Uh, it's not the right posture to watch comedy unless you're like, you know, at home, I like, home stoned or something. Yeah, you're totally right. I like it when this, the seats are um, fixed, fixed seats into the, so they can't even move them. Like at the Comedy Works in Denver. <laughs> I was just going to say yeah, that. That, that place perfect. is crazy. They got those little tiny trays that are smaller than a school desk or, or yeah. an airline tray. Yeah. And you just put, they just put their nachos and their drinks on it. And yeah. they, the people are in there so tight and it's underground. It's really. That place is almost perfect. The only thing I'd say that I don't like about it is just they, you know, it gets a little rowdy sometimes. It gets rowdy. It's the, 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 the crowd noise is like it's a, it's a win when they're cheering for you and applauding because it's so loud. But yeah. then when they're talking amongst themselves, when they're like, you know, losing focus, that's really loud too. Denver's pretty, they get wild, man. Yeah. Colorado people get wild. Yeah, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of wild cowboy in Colorado. It, you know? And it, I think the the alcohol and the weed both uh, hit you harder because of the altitude. Fuck yeah, it does. You're a mile up in the air, man. Yeah. So you ever try working out up there? <laughs> yeah, I've tried tried doing a lot of things there that I you know regretted. I went to an amusement park there one day. Oh my god. And uh, yeah, and it's just like it, it was fun, but you know, much more exhausting than going to an amusement park should be. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, walking up hills is tough up there. I went hiking once, and it was like a full-on workout. Like, I was breathing heavy and sweating. It's like, this is crazy. This is not where you want the mountain lion to catch you. All heaving and out of breath and shit. Can't even make it up the hill. That's the way Joe Rogan thinks, that there might be a mountain lion. Well, my dog got eaten by a mountain lion. <laughs> oh, God. I li- when I lived in Colorado, my dog got eaten by Holy a mountain crap. lion. Holy crap. Yeah, we saw the mountain lion. I've hid weed in Colorado. You've hidden it? Yeah, at a comedy club. And I, I've been waiting for the day to go, to back, go back to this comedy club to see if there? it's still there. Like it's, wow. It's kind of like I, me and Ari were talking about the other day. We, we started hiding weed at comedy club instead of uh, throwing it away and stuff. Does weed ever go bad? That's smart. No, it doesn't. Never. I mean, and it loses its potency a little bit, but you're talking about six months to a year. It's fine. It's going to be dry and it's going to hit you harder. You're going to get stoned. Really? Yeah. Joey likes drying his weed out. He takes his weed me and too. puts it on like a radiator. Me too. He's like, I like to dry that shit out, cocksucker. I used to keep it in the freezer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I used to do that too, but it, it gets moisture in it that way. I like it dry. I like it to burn What's and make a joint. What's good about the freezer? Uh, it's supposedly you put anything in a freezer, it lasts longer, be it like batteries. Yeah, I'm asking you that, but meanwhile, yeah. I put my coffee in the freezer. I don't know why I do that. Yeah, exactly. There's I think weird my parents things. did it. Right. I just sort of did parents. it because people suggested it or somebody said it somewhere, and then after a while, I was like, why am I doing this? I, I, I'm getting through this weed fast enough that I don't need to freeze it for another generation. <laughs> right. <laughs> this uh, um, edible thing taught me a lesson, man. I will not eat anybody else's shit and then go on stage. It was a dude but that I had known, and I he's a, one of those professional Nobody can ever characters. know, though. Like, yeah, but you know, buy it at right. a store, you're buying it from somebody yeah. you don't know. <laughs> oh, no, totally. No, you're totally true. <laughs> Everybody to me is always like, just eat half of this, and every time I take them up on it, it's either much stronger than that implied or weaker than that implied. Right. Like, yeah. like, people are never really that... That's what I like about smoking yes. is the, the people behind the counter and the dispensary can give you a little bit more specific guidance yeah. than you can. With edibles, it's always just like, yeah, it'll... <laughs> Dude, it'll hit you or it won't in about an hour. Some of these assholes put too much in. 
They need to get Amazon reviews. <laughs> too, man. You're right. You're you know, right. they need Amazon reviews. Every time you take a, you know, purple wreck from this store, this is what happened. This is how much well, you, you know, took, you know. And- there was a, a job in Colorado, one of the local newspapers, to be uh, a marijuana critic. Right. And I, I got the job. I signed up for it. I, and they were like, are you serious? I'm like, fuck yeah. I want to write. It was right before we had to move. But uh, when I was there, we, I was going to go to different weed stores and, and grade them. Like, Except, but somebody else is doing that now. They should. Like, Everybody I think they that. gave that job to somebody. I, yeah. I remember reading about it somewhere that that. Yeah, that's something they wanted to do. I, you know, I read it on some like Sleb Stoner or something. Some website was uh, was talking about it. I thought of earlier when you mentioned Doug Stanhope. Uh, it was funny. A couple of days ago, I worked at a club and the guy wrote me a check and I went home. I didn't really look at it and I went home and, and the next morning uh, I looked at it and he'd written the check out to Doug Stanhope. <laughs> Like it was late and he was tired and and uh, Doug plays that club too so it was funny that he uh, wow wrote down the wrong name he's like degenerate number two he have you ever Jenny. gotten no you've never gotten a check that says Joe Piscopo on it <laughs> <laughs> no Tony Danza Jr. Um, I signed credit well cards that's just a like flat out. Hit. And stuff you? like that. Like anytime I sign a credit card, any kind of credit card slip, I always write something like let tacos. Ask, let me ask you this. Why? So who cares? <laughs> are you free to change the way you sign your yes! shit? Yes. You so, can't say that your T's not a B. No, but no, no, no. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Like, say if you have a signature, right? Your signature is supposed to represent how you write it. Right. It's your own very unique way of doing it. Right. Is it Can you just decide, I don't like it that way. Now I'm going to do this with a star in the middle of it. And well, you're just I'm helping gonna, them out because then you could get every letter of the alphabet so they know exactly what what your handwriting style looks like it's, you know it's right but it's your signature you. you're still writing the same word right. every time what i'm saying is could you just totally change it up yeah that's what i do every time i change my sign a credit card i do brad pitt or i hate tacos so what's the point farts. if you're totally changing it up and if that's cool if you're allowed to do that what's the point in having a signature then because you have to say did you sign this is it your signature right. you go, yes i did sign that that's right, it but you know and then they say what about the it? one where it's uh where you're signing that screen thingy isn't that kind of uh, at least capturing the image and checking to see if it matches how you know no 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 no, 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 no. it's just writing it shit. it's just printing it on just printing it so you could just on those things you could just yeah write yeah you could put yeah. type stars in anything well like, when i was a kid i could imitate gene simmons's signature i could imitate ace freely's because i had like copied over their signatures i was like a huge kiss fan and you could someone could do that with you easy especially in those little stupid things at the credit card where you're signing your name but it yeah. doesn't look like how you write no. your name it's not even close and who cares you know how I learned it because a, a girl I used to date would type her name in like cursive letters and it took fucking like an extra minute and I'm just like that's it you're not doing this anymore this drives me crazy it's an extra minute at the cash register so oh, I go God. I just started signing it for her <laughs> and I started saying like farts and fuck face and tacos I usually just do tacos and stuff with yeah, Brad Pitt yeah tacos but, uh, just tacos <laughs> Interesting uh, obsessions. They got the new taco-shaped uh, Brad Pitt flashlight. If you'd like to try it, yep. Uh, what that reminded me of something though. Oh, what I do is I have a signature that I sign for stuff with, and then when people ask me to sign stuff, I just print my name. Oh. <laughs> but I always try to say something nice to them, so it's at least personalized. But they're not really getting my signature; they're just getting my name written out. Hmm. Interesting. How do you? Because I'm just paranoid it? about this whole identity theft. So thing. you won't sign things because of that? Yeah. Wow. That's weird. I mean, why? Why let someone? Why like a Gene Simmons wouldn't want somebody to be able to do a great job with his <laughs> signature, signature? I would imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, you should definitely be paranoid about identity theft when it comes to credit cards. But I don't really think you should worry about your signature. It's too easy to duplicate. Just carry around a stamp. I mean, you'd have to. I don't think. <laughs> 
I mean, who who has the kind of technology? Is there? T- but also, that you kind can't read my signature. And I think when you're signing something for somebody, when they show it to people, right? You know, if it has your name on it, that's one thing. But if you're just signing so- anything, then when somebody looks at it, I, I think it's nice to go, "Oh, that Doug Benson wrote that." My signature, you can't. Read, I don't think read that what it is. handwriting. I don't think it's that they're that good at that at recognizing. You know, shit. I don't think there. I think you could imitate it. You could figure out how to write somebody's signature, and you could probably pull it off close enough. Yeah, you just have to find it somewhere. So you just I'm, have to I'm watch their motions. It. If you watch them, if you film them do it, and you saw like how they do it, you could just imitate it. Well, that's where my paranoia sets in. Is when I'm uh, at the ATM, the beeping noises that the numbers make that takes the privacy yeah. out of the yeah. number. Yeah. If someone was just watching the site and and recording it right they could figure out the numbers easy and then yeah. like you know jack you up around the corner and then use your card and take out whatever the maximum is what did you see the new thing there's a new app for chase bank that that you could actually scan a check front and back and I, with your iphone and send it and it deposits the check and then you just rip up the check well that's too that's too ethereal. What about the uh, using your iPhone to check in on a plane? Like the barcode yeah. for your ticket can be on your iPhone, yeah. and I just run that. Yeah. My fear is, you know, your iPhone's dead, then you don't have a ticket. Yeah, and your iPhone and iPhones die, die, man. They, Especially if you fuck around. The new online. one dies so fast. It's, you know, you make a video, and it's your power's half gone. Yeah, yeah. You got to think about that if you're using the camera for sure. But it came. It's such a great thing to have a good camera. The other day we were in San Francisco and we ate some Chinese food after the show. It was like two o'clock in the morning. We were outside and this. <laughs> I saw it. I watched it. The ho truck. You tweeted it and yeah. I watched it. And I was like, he must be so high because you kept saying it's the craziest shit you ever saw. <laughs> and I know you're at UFC fights every other week, so I know you've seen some crazier shit than a bunch of strippers in the back of a uh, well, some sort of weird plastic I car. I definitely have seen some crazier shit. Definitely. <laughs> but it was crazy, and I was so high. Yeah, that yeah. I was it's like, just like you can't believe it. And now to be able to just share it with everybody, you were like double rainbow, but with <laughs> with a fucking van full of strippers. <laughs> it was so excited about it. It was so ridiculous to me. It was such a sign of the times to me. It was like a scene in a movie right before the meteor hit, right before the aliens landed. <laughs> and you know, somebody audio tuned big, this, that this, Joe's video. Audio tuned Joe's video. There's this big oh yeah, that's so, a good idea. There's this big clear box that pulls up. And there's girls dancing. It's a fish tank of skanks. And they're dancing. I mean, it, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. It's for the Hustler Club. We had to uh, rewind the video to find out. But I mean, the cops pulled them over because they should be sitting they while it's in motion. Yeah, right. You can't be dancing while we're driving. You gotta sit your but they just did like down. a quick boop. Yeah. They didn't really like because that was what I was waiting for is like them having to get out and yeah. get cuffed. Or we something thought that might have happened. We thought they might be going to jail. Like maybe it's illegal to do that because it seems so ridiculous. But apparently it's not. One of the things that was funny is when we were filming the girl, and I didn't film their faces. I wouldn't. I, I did specifically did it so <laughs> they I knew were I was already put it in, a, in a plastic I know. car. Going they were, they the were gonna. If I'm gonna put it online, you don't need to see your face online. Just you know, what if you're only stripping for a week and then all of a sudden that shit's on the internet forever? So I didn't use their face. But anyway, while I'm filming it, the girl goes, no filming. <laughs> like, we're in the club. Like, bitch, you're in front of a Chinese restaurant, okay? You're not at the club. If we're at the club and I'm filming you, yeah, that's a dick move. But you just can't come out into the real world in your underwear. And I, I can't take a picture of that? That's crazy. Well, that's like the, uh, the sexy top and the, you know, keep your eyes up here, mister. It's like, well, right. come on. Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. you know what you're doing. Right, you know how the game works. Yeah, they only want you to look if they want you to look. But you know, it's there for everybody. My eyes are here. God damn it! Yeah, let's do this. You're I a, wonder. 
if you're in a Pope mobile for strippers and you it's, don't want us to look at you. It's awesome though. It was awesome. It was just like such a, <laughs> such a, a, just a, first of all, just a perfect representation of how nutty San Francisco is. I wonder San if Francisco that, is such a nutty town. Well, it's just that, yeah, that like probably no one will complain about that. Thing, no one. No you one. Know? And I'm shit. sure some kids saw it. Oh, a lot. It's just so liberal there. So open-minded. It's a weird town, man. I wonder if that law with uh, sitting down while you're turning the corner, if it came from like the back in the old days where it was like a pickup truck and girls would just fly off the side well, of the car. Well, no, I think you have to have your seatbelt on. Uh, I think if you're in a car, you have to wear a seatbelt, right? I mean, that's a law. If you get pulled over for something else, I think. I don't, no, I don't, no, 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 no. They can pull you over for seatbelt. No, they can pull you over for seatbelt alone. alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had no can. idea. I thought it was yeah, an yeah. add-on charge. No, it's uh, illegal. I was in a cab in San Francisco, and the crusty older lady cab driver told me, she goes, if you ever want to drive around without a seatbelt on, because she goes, I don't like how seatbelts feel. I don't like to have it on. And especially <laughs> if you got big boobs, it must be an annoying right, thing. Right. So uh, she fastens it behind her back so that... It, She's sitting so that Because the, the, what the cops look for is the glint of the buckle because you haven't oh, got yeah. it pulled down. You, have, you don't have the buckle That's pulled down. That's what they look for? So they see that, and then they, pull, they can pull you over for that and then get you for other shit. They pull you over for glint. Dude, yeah, they, they pull you over for that, and then they go, oh, we thought you had your seatbelt off, and then they can, you know, oh, we smell marijuana or whatever. If you, you know? get pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt, you're a douche. <laughs> Any cop just pulls you, huh, I'm just going to pull this person over for, for I've been a pulled seatbelt. Over I like that. wearing it, to be honest with you. I've been pulled over for that. I've had a guy tell me to do it. Really? Nothing and he else. said, he said, you were 